Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Welcome to Copfather. I'm Craig Rommel. I want to talk about a couple of things or a few things today. Coming to the end of September, just went through a federal election here in Canada. Complete waste of time and money. I understand this election cost over $600 million. Could have used that money for many other things. And really, less than 1% changed the way our parliament's going to look now. As far as I'm concerned, a disaster. Not just with Trudeau winning again. I'm not a fan of his. I think we needed a change, but it is a minority government. As long as it's not a majority, we're okay, as far as I'm concerned. And I think that's with any party that's in play, whether it's conservative or the liberals or the NDP. I think that what the next two to four years are going to look like, obviously getting out of the financial side of the pandemic, what it cost us, our debt now, and the repercussions you know, a couple of small things I've noticed now. I have been going to restaurants. I am double vaxxed. I have some very good friends that own and operate restaurants in the GTA here around Toronto. And the staffing situation is just terrible. Right now, if a restaurant's not going to open, primarily the reason is, is they can't get the staff, whether it's the waiters or waitresses, uh, the chefs, people that are working in the kitchen, managers. So you really do have to call ahead no matter what the caliber of restaurant is, is to book to make sure they're going to be open from day to day. In Canada, I think we're over 80% double vaxxed. I think we're even higher than that in Ontario right now by a little bit, which is, which is very good news. I think the main way out of this is the double vax. I'm a diabetic. The doctors I deal with for my diabetes made it clear to me that I should get it. I didn't have a hesitation no matter what was going to happen. They're the first chance I got. So I have the double vax, and I have the photos of the two vax. I was in a restaurant just this past week, and I showed a picture on my phone, and it was more than satisfactory. So I think that situation, at least for the next six months, we are going to have to prove. I understand in Ontario here, there's an app coming out to prove that it's official, that if you have been double vaxxed, that uh, it will show up on this app, and I think that's coming out at the end of October. So we are trying to get back to the norm. It is still hard. This federal election didn't help at all. You know, it's kind of a kind of a joke. I read news every day. I try to read the news from around the world, and we were definitely being laughed at from uh, media outlets around the world about why we even bothered. Complete waste of money, especially when we're in debt. We didn't have to spend $600 million for this. And the other thing that's coming up, over the years, I have spent a lot of time in Florida. 
my family and I go to Sarasota, Longboat Key in Florida. And the question's coming up whether it's worth getting ready to fly down there. Right now, you can't drive over the border. The Americans have still closed this down. And I understand that's probably up till at least November. I know what they're going to do there. And so you can only fly in. And I'm reading some reports where WestJet and Air Canada, two main airlines here in Canada, are noticing an uptake. More people are booking to get ready to go. You know, the snowbirds, whether it's Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina, I guess Arizona. Most of my friends, those are the four spots they go to in the winter. So the airlines are starting to notice that the snowbirds are ready to go back. But it is still concerning. I think with myself, it's going to be one of these situations where it's the spur of the moment. I wake up Monday and I see if I can book a flight by the end of the week, whenever that's going to be, and I'm just going to take off. I have even looked into, I normally have coverage with the different companies I have right now. I have medical coverage. I should look into this, what the Blue Cross situation is, because I always get Blue Cross when I travel. That's anywhere in the world. I always get additional health coverage just to make sure. Educate yourself if you're going to travel. That's what I'm going to do. And give an example. To date, in the state of Florida, there's been more than 3.5 million COVID-19 cases overall and more than 50,000 deaths. And you compare that to the entire country, our country, Canada, where there's been 27,000 deaths, so about half. So our numbers are half of what Florida is. And it's still a situation down there, which means the hospitals are getting full, which means that if you get sick, it's not so much COVID, but if you're down traveling down there, or you are a snowbird, you want to just go down for a week or two, and say you get sick with something else, saying you have a heart attack, kidney stones or appendicitis, are they going to be able to treat you? So that's something we're thinking about. No matter how much additional insurance you have, the problem right now is the hospitals are so full in a lot of these states. Will you be treated? And I know down there, it's, you know, who's got the money first? Their healthcare system is a lot different than ours. You pay, you're going to get treated. But not everybody's in that situation where they can afford to do that. And I have a lot of friends in Florida. I have a lot of business associates who are permanent residents. They come back and forth. A lot of them are heading back down. And right now I am leaning toward going back down. I'd rather drive down, which is what I normally do. I enjoy the drive. Right now you can only fly down. I think my position right now is I'm going to wait till at least November to see if the borders open up to drive over instead of just flying. I have not flown at all since the pandemic started. It's been well over 18 months. I haven't been in a plane. It seems pretty standard. It seems safe. You know, you hear situations, but as long as you've been double vaxxed, you know, that was a big thing with me being a diabetic. If you get double vaxxed, is that going to keep me out of the hospital? And the answer was, yeah, you could still get sick. You could still get the virus, but you're not going to end up in the hospital. And that sold me. That's, that was the most important issue with that. Understanding that I can still get sick or anybody can get sick if, they, if they've been double vaxxed. So right now, I'm definitely leaning toward going down. I don't know when that is for a period of time. I have a business down there. We're looking at expanding one business I'm just involved in now down there to buy some companies up. We can't. It's hard to do it over the phone or through a Zoom call. You have to do things like that in person. So it is business and also pleasure. I have a lot of good friends down there in the Sarasota region. And I do miss it. My family misses it. I think we all need a break once in a while. That was the idea about traveling, just to get away forget about things. I'm looking forward to it, but still in the back of my head, I'm a little concerned. Saying that, you know, I was in a restaurant a couple of times last week. 
I went after you had to prove you're double vaxxed in the province of Ontario here, show some proof, which I did. I felt a little more comfortable knowing that everybody in the facility, in the restaurant, had been vaccinated, but it doesn't mean you're not going to get it still. So, you know, you try not to think about it. You try to move on. And that's how I'm looking at this situation with traveling. And I think that traveling, there's many things you can do once you get down to Florida or the Carolinas, if that's your destination. Stay away from large crowds, you know, sporting events, things like that. There's a number of things you can do. If you're just going to sit on the beach, just do that. So it's a question mark. And I really do want to travel again. I do miss it on the mental health side of this thing. We're all going through quite a bit. You know, go back to the election and that didn't help anything at all. You know, just the cost of it, just the unnecessary cost of this thing. It was just a waste of time and really nobody wanted to do it. I forced myself to go out and vote, but I was dragging myself to do it. It's times that we need to travel. It's times that you know, with a lot going on in all of our lives, in a different way, I'm not going to say a negative way, but it's a different way of us living over the last 18 months. Could be another six months, could be another year before we actually get through this thing. The number I'm hearing is if a community at large or a country's vaxxed by 85%, then we, we're okay. Then we can get through this and treat people that do get severely sick with this. And we can't get mad at those people. I'm not going to get mad at people that don't get vaxxed at all. That's their choice. It's not their fault. They didn't bring this on. Because I think once things start moving, the people are not vaxxed, their lives are going to be changing. They are not going to be allowed to go to any restaurants, anything else, any sporting events, clubs, bars. I'm hearing even grocery shopping. I was told that's next. You're not double vaxxed, you can't go in. So that is coming. They're giving everybody a chance to get vaxxed, get the number up to the 85, 90% mark, and then you're on your own if you're not vaxxed. I don't know how this is going to end up. I do have friends, close friends, who have not been double vaxxed. We just don't talk about it. It's best not to talk about it because I don't blame anybody for not doing it. I can understand. And you know what? To be honest with you, if I wasn't a diabetic, I'm not sure what I would have done you know, well into a year and a half. I wouldn't have rushed into getting it. And during this whole time, I'm thinking, you know, the the headlines, the people that are ending up in the ICU units are the people that aren't vaxxed. And well over 90, 95% of the people that are getting really sick with this virus are, have not had their shots. We've had 18 months globally about this thing. And the whole issue is we don't have enough beds. We don't have enough ventilators. Well, over 18 months, we've been building subways and condos and everything else is being built at, at lightning speed. But we didn't build more hospitals or we didn't build more beds and we didn't get more ventilators. Why did we not put the money, say the 600 million bucks, into making thousands, tens of thousands of beds and ICU units and ventilators so that we could treat everybody? with this you know was it a plan was a plan this way to keep the numbers down to make sure everybody gets double vaxxed you want to talk about a conspiracy what a better way to get people double vaxxed they didn't want to but just scare them saying there's not enough beds and ventilators the frightening headline is when you hear that the doctor is going to have to pick who gets the icu unit who doesn't people that are just going to die 
I mean, that's been talked about for 18 months now, and they're still talking about that. Look at Alberta and Saskatchewan right now. The doctors are in a position, they're going to have to make a decision who gets the bed and who doesn't. And the person that doesn't, no matter what, whether they have the virus or not, people get sick with other stuff that need an ICU unit, are probably going to die. That's frightening. So in the last 18 months, why have we not been building just COVID hospitals? You know, they're in the province of Ontario here, there's a few old hospitals that are empty, sitting empty, buildings. Why did we just not put the money and the effort into building more beds and more ventilators? I had a meeting with somebody, we were talking about this last week, and somebody said, well, the problem is staffing. The problem is the nurses and the doctors, and there's not enough of them. Okay, well, double their wage. We're going to spend $600 million on, a, on an election. Double the wage for every nurse out there. For anybody dealing with COVID, double their salaries. Give them another incentive. Give them a quicker pension plan. They'll stay. Right now, they feel it's not, it's not worth it. I'm not talking as a union leader here. I'm talking about common sense. One way of getting them to stay is to treat them better. And one way is the financial side of this. You know, make it so instead of a 35-year career pension, make it 25 years you can go. We'll help you. We're spending money on really dumb things right now. We're still spending money to have people stay home, which I go back to the restaurant situation. Why would you work in a restaurant when you can get paid to stay home and probably make more money? So why are we not assisting the nursing and the healthcare people on this and, and making it better for them to want to stay and feel like they're wanted and we're helping them? You know, to add to the burden of having to treat this virus and, you know, absolute heroes out there. I'm talking about the healthcare people here. We didn't reward them. What's a thank you nowadays? That's nothing. We should properly reward them. I would double their salaries. Because right now they're not making much money. Double it up and make sure that we have more people so we can have the staff to take care of the beds, assist people that get really sick. And we just haven't done it. We missed that mark. We're spending money like it's nothing. The transit, the billions and tens of billions of dollars going toward transit right now. You know, any transit line up in the city of Toronto right now, try to get across Eglinton right now. And it's going to be like that for another 10 years. It's already been 10 years. We're spending billions on that. We'll put the money toward healthcare. Build more beds. Buy more ventilators. Build the ventilators. Increase the pay and the salaries and the benefits for the healthcare people so that they know that we're thanking them for doing their job. Again, instead of spending all the money on elections that we just didn't have to do. Properly paying everybody involved in this thing. To me, that's the secret to this whole thing. So... If you do decide to travel, be careful. I am seriously thinking about it. I would rather drive over the border than fly, so I'm waiting for that. I could see myself making a move come hopefully come January or February. But at the same time, we have to be safe. So saying that, election was a waste of time. we got to treat our COVID care workers much, much better so that we can have enough staff so we can build more beds, more ventilators. Massive buildings are sitting empty right now that we could be using for this so that if you get sick with something else, they don't have to cancel surgery or an ICU unit because they're full of people suffering from COVID. This is Copfather. Go to info at copfather.com.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. My son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. 